0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God which engages us is the gospel lesson read previously. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, of all the people whom Jesus encountered during his three-year public ministry, the man in our gospel lesson for today has to be one of the most bizarre and at the same time, one of the most disturbing. This entire encounter and the outcome of this entire encounter are nothing short of incredible. After Jesus calmed a violent storm on the Sea of Galilee merely by commanding the wind and the waves to be still, an act which filled the disciples with fear and caused them to ask, who is this? That even the wind and the waters obey him, Jesus stepped out of that same boat on the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee, an area that is predominantly Gentile by composition. And seemingly immediately, he is met with this man who is demon possessed, he is afflicted with demons, he is controlled. By demons. Satan and his demons had overtaken this man, and at times they would overpower him and control his behavior. And what a pathetic life these demons caused this man to live. First of all, consider that he wore no clothes and was likely dirty, even filthy. This man had no freedom. He lived in shackles and chains. And it seems that at times these demons caused him to have supernatural strength so that he could break free from those chains and shackles and run out into the wilderness, out into the desert. This man didn't live in a house, in a town, or a city. Instead, he lived out in the tombs. He lived among the dead. And this man was under constant guard. No doubt the people in the area were afraid of him and didn't want him to come and harm them or their loved ones. What a pitiful existence this man lived. That is, until Jesus entered his life. And notice throughout this entire encounter, who is more powerful, and who is in control? It is Jesus. Ironically, even though the disciples had, the, had to ask the question concerning Jesus, who is this that even the wind and the waters obey him, the demons in our text had no difficulty identifying Jesus, referring to him as the Jesus, the son of the most God. And while Luke begins by saying there was a demon, that demon was probably the spokes demon, if you will, for all of the demons that infested this man. Because when later on in the text Jesus asked this man his name, the demon responds by saying legion, for there were many of them. A legion was a Roman military term It referred to a group of soldiers, up to 6,000 soldiers in number. This man was totally infested with demons. But notice that Jesus is more powerful. He is the one who is in control. First of all, the demons recognize that Jesus has the opportunity to torment them by throwing them, casting them into the abyss, a reference to hell. Ironically, these demons who took such delight in tormenting this man did not themselves want to be tormented in hell. Instead, they wanted to remain here on earth and torment as many people as possible. And notice also that these demons had to ask Jesus for permission to enter the herd of pigs. They didn't simply declare that that was what they were going to do. They had to ask permission of him to do so. Again, Jesus is more powerful. He is in control of this entire situation. For those demons, of course, are simply creatures. They were created by God as angels, and together with Satan rebelled against God and lost. And the end of this encounter is nothing short of incredible. Luke records in our gospel lesson how these demons entered into the pigs, and the entire herd of pigs went charging headlong into the water presumably the Sea of Galilee, and there drowned. Luke doesn't give us this detail, but Mark tells us that there were 2,000 pigs that went rushing headlong into the water and drowned. Now back in Bible times, the sea and the depths of the sea were seen as places of great chaos and peril and even danger. And, of course, pigs were seen by God's people as being unclean animals. What a fitting way for these demons to meet their demise. And in contrast, there stands Jesus, the one who is holy and righteous and blameless, the one who soon on the cross will be made to be sin for us and for all people, The one who, on the cross, will defeat not only a legion of demons, but all of Satan's demons and Satan himself crushing his head for us and for all people. Today, as we consider our gospel lesson and this pitiful man in this gospel lesson, it is good for each of us to consider... What do we have in common with this man? Now at first glance, you might say, Pastor, what do we have in common with this man? I have nothing whatsoever in common with this man. And I would agree with you, outwardly speaking. You are fully clothed. You are not held in chains and shackles. You do not live in a cemetery You are not under a 24-hour guard. Outwardly speaking, you have nothing in common with the pitiful man in our gospel lesson for today. But in another way, spiritually speaking, you had everything in common with him. For just as this man was the possession of Satan before Jesus came into his life, so also for you. In contrast to churches who preach and teach that we are conceived and born just a little off spiritually, just in need of a little push or nudge from God in the right direction, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2 that we are by our very nature children of wrath. That's a direct quote children of wrath. Children under the wrath of God from the point we are conceived and born because of our sin. Martin Luther recognized this fact and in his 1523 service of baptism, his baptismal rite for children, he actually included several sentences addressed to Satan directly, commanding Satan to flee from that child. Actual sentences of exorcism in his actual baptismal rite. Today, as we consider demons and Satan and Christ and water, I encourage you to consider your own baptism. And I would suggest to you that your own baptism is no less a miracle than what we see happening in our gospel lesson for today. For just as the man in our gospel lesson for today had all of his demons drowned in the waters of the Sea of Galilee, so also God in your baptism drowned all of your sins and all of your unrighteousness in the water and word of baptism." It's as if he lined them all up and marched them into the depths of the sea, never to be seen or heard from again. How beautifully the prophet Micah depicts this. In Micah chapter 7, verse 19, where he writes of God, you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. And just as that man in our gospel lesson for today Received new clothing, so you also, spiritually speaking, received new clothing in your baptism. In our epistle lesson for today, Galatians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul writes, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. A beautiful way to depict the robe of Christ's righteousness that we receive in our baptism so that no longer do we appear before God clothed in the dirty, filthy rags of our sin and our unrighteousness, but rather we appear before him in the clean and pristine robe of Christ's own righteousness. Other Christian traditions such as the Eastern Orthodox Church, have a beautiful way of depicting this truth. When a child is baptized, the child is totally naked. And then as soon as the child is baptized into the name of the triune God, the child is then clothed immediately with a beautiful, pristine, white garment. Again, symbolizing that righteousness that all of us have, that God has worked in all of us, in and through our baptism. Yes, no less a miracle is your baptism than what happened in our gospel lesson for today. For in your baptism, God has drowned all of your sins and all of your unrighteousness. In your baptism... God has clothed you with a beautiful robe of righteousness and it's in that robe of righteousness that you appear before him today. And so now, all of Satan's accusations against you fall on deaf ears, as far as God is concerned. And in Christ and with Christ we can be defiant when it comes to Satan and all of his demons. We shall sing about that bold defiance that we have in Christ. In the first of our communion hymns, I am baptized into Christ. Note especially this verse. Satan, hear this proclamation, I am baptized into Christ. Drop your ugly accusation, I am not so soon enticed. Now that to the font I've traveled, All your might has come unraveled. And against your tyranny, God, my Lord, unites with me. No less a miracle is your baptism. To God alone be the thanks, the praise, and the glory. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.